0: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fire It Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are eight new faces in eight different places, analyzing this year's class of new NFL head coaches, a Super Bowl rematch in the bright lights of Las Vegas. Let the games begin. With that, I give you our chief of our fire brigade, Rob Cal.
1: Thanks, Colton. Good to be here on a Thursday night live from Colton's basement. Uh, Yeah, like this is our all NFL show tonight. Um, Eight new coaches in the NFL. Wow. You know, like we talked about here before we came on, 25 percent of the teams are getting brand new coaches this Mm -hmm. year. So this is uh, the most I ever remember. But somebody might prove me wrong on that. But that's the most I can ever remember. Um, we'll start off with the Falcons. They got their new head coach after interviewing 14 different candidates. And mm-hmm. and the, they settled on uh Raheem Morris, signed him to a five-year deal. Um he you know, he had been a head coach before in Tampa Bay. Um I believe yeah, Tampa Bay. Yep. Um didn't have a great record in Tampa Bay, 17 and 31. Um, you know, took over. Dan Quinn, who we'll talk about later on,
0: um, um, yeah,
1: it's in 2020. Start it started 05, 05. Mm. Um, you know, was their interim head coach for those 11 games or whatever. But uh, or the for the for, for the you know he spent three seasons as a Rams defensive coordinator as well. So mm-hmm. uh, tell me, you know, tell me what you guys think. Good hire, bad hire. Good for who? Good, bad for who? That, yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's definitely interesting. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a new familiar face, right, you know, know, new old face, if you will, since, you know, he was a part of the Falcons organization, you know, handful of years ago and, you know, got the chance to be the interim head coach, mm-hmm. like went you mentioned. Seven, yeah, went, was... yeah. went Yeah. Went four and seven in the 11 games and, you know, the Falcons decided not to give him the, you know, the full-time job after the season was, was over. Uh, they then, you know, instead hired the coach that they just fired and Arthur Smith as you know, their new head coach. So you know Morris goes out to the West Coast and you know works with Sean McVay as the defensive coordinator for the for the Rams, and then you know uh, has has some you know great success as the Rams defensive coordinator gets a Super Bowl win under his under his belt, and um, you know the Falcons felt like it was it was time to give him a another shot at, at being a head coach here in in Atlanta. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see. It's it, it is an interesting move in my opinion for for the Falcons, a, a team that I think has a a lot of offensive talent, a lot of mm-hmm. offensive weapons. You know, mm-hmm. with, with Kyle Pitts, Drake London, um, you know, a couple running backs in in Bijan Robinson and Tyler Tyler Aguilera. Um, it's that interesting a that they back went away from. Yeah, really it's doing interesting that, they, that yeah, they Yeah, I kind of got defense. that in my
1: notes as well. You yeah, know, the needs are at QB, so definitely. You know, um, I think the Falc – I had the Falc, I think they have the number eight pick. Mm-hmm. You know, coming up, I guess. Matt, I'll let you, but I got a question for you guys on this hire before we go too much further. Yeah, you know,
2: like Colton's, I I do look at this as an interesting hire. I think it's almost a kind of a a make it right for not picking him the last time around. And and that leads me into my question.
1: Great lead-in, Matt. You read my mind. What changed? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what changed in three years? Yeah, he had some success, but not as a head coach in in L.A. You know, he's a defensive coordinator, so I guess – I guess, yeah, I'm with you, Matt. What changed in three years? What, you know, right. now are we giving the guy a five-year
2: contract? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think he did anything all that impressive mm-hmm. out, out in L.A. with the Rams either. Right. I mean, they right. were a subpar team solid this year. Defenses, I mean, but, yeah, yeah, but also the best player in the NFL sure. on the defensive line. Sure. They, that can mask a coach. lot of things with the coach. So, <laughs> right, you know, right. I mean, you look at his overall head coaching record, though, 21-38, really no better than the guy you just fired at 21-30. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It, 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 this doesn't seem like a game changer to me. I don't know if this makes Atlanta any better off or really any worse off than they were. Mm-hmm. I think they're kind of staying – Status quo.
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously the familiarity with the NFC South, obviously Mm -hmm. with the Falcons organization before, but then also having the head coaching experience with Tampa Bay. And obviously the head coaching experience with Tampa Bay was, you know, more than a decade Mm -hmm. ago. So obviously teams have changed, you know, in that in that time frame. And he
2: did have one pretty good season with Tampa Bay. I think he went ten and ten and
0: six
1: or
2: or something like that. His second season there. Mm -hmm. But it was sandwiched
1: by two really bad seasons. A division that's kind of been Pretty almost weak. like nobody wants yeah. to win. It. Right, it's like right. So he's going to be the you know last man standing. Yeah, I,
0: I I think probably also at the same time getting the you know maybe what has changed in his you know defense or maybe to add to that he goes to you know L A where he gets to work under you know Sean McVay who's you know kind of started this trend of no prior head coaching experience mm-hmm. young guy you know in his thirties and has had you know some success in L A. Okay, you know, getting some experience under again another Just a little more seasoning, better better head coach, you know, to see. But you know, that's really starting to feel like the outlier because
2: a lot of these. First year head coach right. has been flopping mm-hmm. all over the place lately yeah. and
1: not sticking. I, I you see think, it like a youth movement almost. I mean, so, I, you know, at, some point, guys, yet, at, at some point, at some point you have to. Obviously, guys, you know, and you know, Bill Belichick sitting out there right. still on the
0: unemployment line. Right, right. I think at, at some point you have to. I mean, you can't keep just hiring these old. I mean, these old guys forever. They, there has right. to be a new flux of, right. of head coaches. So um, you know, the next. Bill Belichick has to be coming through the door at, at some oh point, you know, and so it's, it, you have to see a wave. And it, it seems like this year is the year that, that you know, teams decided to right. take the chance and I, you or know, whatever. I don't, I don't
1: think any of us are in disagreement. I, you know, Desmond Ridler or Taylor Henneke, they're not the answer at court. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. You know, but you know, there's at least two teams. That are probably going to be looking for quarterbacks ahead of, oh yeah, ahead bye, of the foul bye, yeah, a minimum number of one two, two. two. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. So I guess you but know you got who's the option left to trade
2: up to, or trade trade for the quarterback that's currently at number two. Right. So I mean, there's, there's so many. many there's
1: lot of, there are a lot of QBs too. in this class. I mean, so Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, uh, uh, Drake May, right. Michael Penix, Bonex, Nix, Yeah. You know, Spencer Radler. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of uh, them there. You know, and then they drop down maybe a tier. You know, to like JJ McCarthy. And, right. But I even heard names like they might be interested, in like Kirk Cousins.
0: I mean, they could make uh, a trade. You know. Joe Flacco. <laughs> all right. I mean, you Go know, the veteran route. I yeah, guess uh,
1: B- uh, Baker Mayfield, Gardner mm-hmm. Minshew. These yeah. were all names that I you know, heard that they yeah. that Atlanta might be looking at. Right. So
0: to me, to me, the key in this, obviously, yeah, defensive coordinator, defensive minded guy, and mm-hmm. Raheem Morris. This, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. with all of the offensive talent that this Atlanta Falcons team, that was the downfall of, you know, Arthur Smith. I mean, that was the reason they hired Arthur Smith is because they thought, you know, this guy had a great offensive mind. Right. He'd put all these young mm-hmm. offensive pieces together, was never, never able to put it all together on that offensive side of the ball. For Raheem Morris, that's going to be his make or break. Right. His, sure. Who does he get an offensive coordinator to come in and, mm-hmm. and get this offense revamped? Uh, because they got... They got the weapons. They need a QB. Mm-hmm. But I think even with you know somewhat of a, a, a mid-tier QB, I think that they can still make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's well, going to be – going
1: to be some good – There's yeah. still going to be some quality quarterbacks, right. I think left, even if they don't trade up from that. Eighth oh yeah. Pick. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think the bears take a QB. I really don't. I think, yeah. I think they're going to give Justin Fields one more year. Yeah, I, um, the commanders, they got to get a quarterback, the yeah, Patriots well, got to get a quarterback, mm-hmm. you know, and they're all ahead of the Falcons, but right. without getting into too much draft stuff, we'll, right. we'll move on. But, uh, <laughs> next on my list was, uh, the Panthers mm-hmm. hired 42 year old Dave Canales. Mm-hmm. Um, after 13 years in Seattle, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I, he was also with the Buccaneers uh, last year, the 2023 offensive coordinator and, you know, really kind of rejuvenated Baker Mayfield's mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of been, you know, and I, I think that's what they're hoping to do with Bryce Young. Not that his career's ever been rejuvenated; He right. doesn't really need rejuvenated. <laughs> right, they just right. need to get him on track. And mm-hmm. I'm not blaming that on Bryce Young. I right. mean, the, you know, the kid's been you know on his back more than he's been on his feet mm-hmm. so um but i it was kind of interesting you know we talked about the owner there down there david tepper and mm-hmm. you know his history and his lack of patience yet they find they they signed this guy to a six-year contract <laughs> and i think in my mind that's the only way they could get to coach.
2: Coach. Right. Like, I'm come. not coming if you're not giving me some yeah. guarantee. Right,
0: right, yeah. yeah. But Maybe I mean, because of his they're, history, they're not uh, you know afraid to pull the plug pretty quick. Exactly. Um, you know, obviously they let Matt Rule go um, in you know midway through his first season. They let Frank Reich go in midway through his first season. So you know they're. Definitely not short, you know, and to not pull.
1: kept the interim, right, right, you know, that took going over forward,
0: yeah, right. Um, so it's definitely been a, a tumultuous situation there in in, in Carolina, um, but yeah, I think for for Dave, you know, for Dave canellis here, you know, checkbox number one is is getting Bryce Young directly, going, directly. you know, yep. turning him into the franchise QB that they were expecting to get when they drafted him with the number one pick, obviously, um, you know. Had a very you know bad first season, went two and fourteen in the sixteen starts. Um, you know, passed for eleven touchdowns, only ten and through ten interceptions, mm-hmm. and completed less than sixty percent of his passes. And was almost dead last as far as uh, QBR goes. The only one worse than him was was Zach Wilson. So you mm-hmm. um, definitely that's that's the key this season. Uh, you know, Canalis has worked with a lot of you know, has, has rejuvenated or, you know, done a lot of good work with a lot of the top, you know, QBs in the league, uh, Russell Wilson, uh, Geno, mm-hmm. Smith, Geno Smith, um, and then Baker Mayfield this this past season. And every – each one of those QBs, the season that, you know, he was the offensive coordinator, the QBs coach, they threw for their most pass yards that year. They threw for their most touchdowns in their career. Mm-hmm. So he's had some, had some success at, you know, turning around QB seasons and you know really making it work obviously a much different situation in carolina than right. than, than, than you know it's it's a rebuild for sure um in in, in carolina when
1: and, and they don't have they don't have a pick in the first round
0: right so carolina
1: it's, does not have a it's going to be going to be so going to be interesting to see how they
0: be build this or, roster around yeah, you know or bust. um around Bryce Young and 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 you know get him right. the help you know whether it's Keeping with the current roster, but just re, you know revamping the offense to really suit his strengths, or you know whatever. We'll we'll see how it goes, but uh, yeah, Matt, what's your what's your thoughts on this? Yeah,
2: you know, I I was looking kind of into the the stats of what his team did as he was only an offensive coordinator one year, which mm-hmm. was last year in Tampa Bay. Right. Before that, he was just a quarterback coach. Right, I'm, right, I'm right. not saying it's not important, not a right, big part, right? But that that's a big, a big jump step. from yep. quarterback coach to head coach. Mm-hmm. And his offense last year, while yes Baker Mayfield did have kind of a rejuvenated season, yeah, it still wasn't a top of the league offense. Mm-hmm. They only averaged 21 points per game, yeah. Uh, 224 passing yards, 89 rushing yards a game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a very middle of the league kind of kind of offense. Sure. So I, I, I'm not sure I, I really see the appeal of, mm-hmm. of this hire. Okay. I, I think, like you said, it was going to be hard for them to hire anybody mm-hmm. with the way they've been treating head coaches <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think maybe that the best they could get. Yeah. But it, I, I'm not sure it's the answer. I don't. I don't look for a quick turnaround. Yeah. It'll Carolina. be. It'll
0: be. It'll be interesting because it's interesting you say that this per- may or may not have been Carolina's first pick and head coach because uh, according to sources their top pick was the offensive coordinator from the Detroit Lions Mm. Ben Johnson who wouldn't leave and he said you know I'm I'm staying in Detroit even though he is from the Carolina area and there were also rumors that you know we'll talk about a team here in a a second with the Washington Commanders that if Ben Johnson were to leave Detroit he was actually going to pick Washington over Carolina even though he I is from the a, Carolina I area. I think it's
1: the toxic environment. Yeah, you know, and I remember talking about this on a on a previous show with with David Tepper. Mm-hmm. You know, when when they fired uh, Matt Rule. Yeah, right yeah. Um, You know, just I think it's just a a toxic environment where yeah. you got this guy that you know thinks he can just throw money at it and make mm-hmm. a team, and when right. it doesn't happen, he gets he gets discouraged or gets disgusted and you're you're out the door (laughs) yeah
0: it's interesting because yeah since he's taken over uh in 2018 he bought you know bought the team in 2018 they've had six straight losing seasons since he's taken Mm -hmm. over as the owner so at some point when does the accountability get put on the owner it's a common denominator (laughs) whatever so uh you fire you keep firing coaches every season You, you can't there's nobody left to blame right. so you gotta mm-hmm. you know you gotta gotta put it on on somebody else at that point so <clears throat> right.
1: um, Matt anything else on the, on that all right, all right. Um, well, let's move on to the Raiders then um, they hired their interim coach Antonio mm-hmm. Pierce you know he took over after Josh McDaniels was fired went five and four and he is only the third interim coach in the last 10 years that they've appointed to the head that anybody is appointed to a head coaching job so mm-hmm. it's not unusual for the interim to not get the job, not, not get, get the, the job, job. but yeah. you know when you have uh Devontae Adams and Max Crosby going to bat for you it's pretty good I think you know there's two of the superstars on your team so right. Right. I think you know, for what right, wrong, or indifferent, if that was the right thing to do, I think that had a lot to do with it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think he did a lot to, to deserve this job with, with the, the, the job. Room. Yeah, he like, won that locker room yeah. over. He got mm-hmm. them playing together. They sure. were dumpster fire yeah. before before he really took over. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I think Las Vegas maybe learned a lesson from mm-hmm. their last time. They, they did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, their, their interim came in, took them to the playoffs. then right. and, and then it. they said, oh, sorry, we're hiring somebody else. Right. I think maybe they they learned a little bit of a lesson there and mm-hmm. realized this interim is bringing this team together. Mm-hmm. Let,
1: let's at least give them one one shot to have a. And, a and whole, I think you know guys in the lock they want continuity. Oh, yeah. you know, they don't want to have to learn a new system, and not only a new system, but just the a way new management style. Yeah, all a new that management stuff. style, the right. the philosophy of your team, right. you know, the the idea of your team or mm-hmm. whatever. So mm-hmm. I think that has, you know, I think the Raiders. There's still some big questions at quarterback. You know, is Jimmy G going to be the guy? I don't think um, so. <laughs> you know, he got injured. Right. You know, and Aiden, Aiden O'Connell took over. Right. I'm not sure he's the answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Josh Jacobs, the running back, they only signed him to a one-year deal, so mm-hmm. you know he's he's a free agent. So, right. uh, you know, I don't know. This, this team still got some pieces to. to to fill
0: some missing parts to fill yeah yeah absolutely um you know I think I think this was right choice for the Raiders good choice good for them um you know glad that you know Antonio Pierce got Mm -hmm. the opportunity to to you know become the head coach like you mentioned five and four you know since taking over um but of those five you know five wins three of them were in their own division they went three and one in an AFC West that you know, includes the Chiefs, the Chargers, right. and and the Broncos. Well, they ended there. up
2: second in their division. You're right, beat the-, right. right. the Chiefs.
0: Right, beat beat the Chiefs after he took at over. Arrowhead, which was only the second time since 2013 that the Raiders have beaten the Chiefs at at Arrowhead, Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we all remember the 63 point game that they scored against the Chargers, which you know helped kick the Chargers coach out the door. Right, uh, but yeah, so I think just a lot of positive things came out of the the nine weeks that he was the the coach obviously now they've seen what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Now the expectations are, you know, let's right. let's let get a winning season. Let's get in the playoffs. Right. I, just, I
1: just worry about that. The expectation being set too high because yeah. there is still some.
0: Com- a lot of holes.
1: questions out here with the QB. Well, it's interesting
2: to me that he ever even was the one who got the interim coaching right. job. He was just a linebacker coach. Right. He yeah. wasn't the offensive coordinator, right. wasn't the defensive coordinator. Right.
0: And again, had no prior head coaching experience yeah. outside of coaching in high school, Coached mm-hmm. high school football, you know, head coach. Um. So, yeah, again, another somewhat meteoric rise yeah. up through the ranks yeah. here. Um, yeah. But again, I think it it starts with winning over the locker room, having the players behind you. I mean, those are the guys that are obviously going out there and executing your game plan. So mm-hmm. if you don't have them behind you, right. you, you you're you're yeah. lost. It, yeah. It's you know you're, a sinking ship. Um, yeah. so that that is a you know a step in the right direction. Um, but obviously now the now that you've been named the head coach, the expectations are you know Take us to it, it, you ain't level. an interim anymore. Yeah, right. So it, it, it's yeah. you know it's go now, time now. now so, yeah. um, yeah. And, and in a division that my opinion is is getting better I know the Chargers were bad this year obviously. but they really
1: shouldn't have been right I mean, they, they had have have that they had the talent they should have been
0: better than what they were the Chiefs obviously always you know going to be, be good in that division and you know Sean Payton doing some decent things or you know improving the Broncos towards the latter half of last season as well so I think it's it, it's a tough division so right. it's it's going to be very tough you know for Antonio Pierce so it's it's going to be uh you know crucial for him to you know, find the right personnel, the right, you know, coordinators, go out, free agency, draft picks, all that stuff to mm-hmm. to bring this team together and, and, and try to compete just in their own division at this point, let alone the AFC as a whole. So. Yeah, right. yeah, probably one of the tougher divisions, I think, mm-hmm. right, right now.
1: Right. So, uh, all right. Well, speaking of that division and the Chargers, <laughs> we'll, we'll stay out there. You know, they, they got their guy they wanted, Harbaugh, broke my heart, left my Michigan team, but it is what it is. We'll move on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the knock on Harbaugh, though, was when, when he was in San Francisco was, you know, the rumor around a league is that he was hard to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out. Coming back into the, you know, professional ranks from college, um, I think to his uh, – to speak to, you know, in his favor, I think – what, what Jim did, what he brings to the table is he's a guy that likes to form an ID, you know, for an identity Uh for your team. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to, he's going to give this team an identity and that's what they're going to build on. So, and they got some, you know, some, some quality play, you know, obviously Justin Herbert at quarterback, they got some, they need some help on defense, cornerback D line or whatever, but you know, Mm -hmm. you can't argue with the guys, you know, as an NFL Head coach, including the playoffs, he was 49 22 and one. And mm-hmm. a head coach in college, including the, the playoffs, he was 133 and 52. So, yeah, I mean, he, he wins where he goes. We'll just see if you know this second go go-round in the NFL is as successful as his first one in San Francisco.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, this, yeah, this team, uh, the Chargers, you know, as much as the Falcons took their time and interviewed everybody and their brother. The Chargers were just as bad. They interviewed 15 different guys yeah. before they, you know, finally decided, you know, to, to hire Jim Harbaugh, um, you know, various coordinators from various teams. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – to me, it's, it's – uh, I think the expectations have to be tempered a little bit in Los Angeles because if you look at Harbaugh's career, both college and NFL – it always it hasn't always been instant success yeah. no, it, it's been no, it's you know not. <laughs> it's usually like year two or three mm-hmm. that he finally you know somewhat turns it around or it you know you can you- start to see some positive it may not be turned into wins and losses but you can see it's headed in the in the right direction mm-hmm. um so i think that's wh- what are they going to do you know are they going to allow you know allow that time to to happen right. um and, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Harbaugh handles this because, yeah, not only has he been rumored to be tough to work for, but he's a guy that also likes a lot of control of his team, oh, a lot wow. of control on the players that he wants on his team, wow. players that he drafts, all that stuff. I don't know that Los Angeles is going to give him – It doesn't. from what I was hearing or reading, it doesn't sound like that was still kind of up in the air of mm-hmm. who was going to be making the personnel decisions, whether that was – Harbaugh or the new GM that they brought in. Well, I'm sure they got probably
1: got that all figured out before they made the hire. <laughs> I, I hope we so. We just yeah. haven't heard about right, it. It I, hasn't trickled down right. to us
0: common folks yeah. yet. So I, I definitely, yeah. I definitely hope so because that's obviously going to be a, a a key for this team mm-hmm. is right. figuring out the divide of of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever. Um, but you know, an interesting you know tidbit. Um, the hardball versus hardball will happen at some point next season because the Chargers do have the Ravens on their schedule nice. for next right, season. Great. So if, we'll, have, if, we'll have
1: unless somebody gets fired, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: before before that game happens, um, yeah. you know, we'll we'll see another hardball versus hardball. Right.
2: But. It was interesting. Rob brought up that he's he's a he's an identity kind of guy. You know, right. he, he builds a team identity, and, right. and he even described himself as I'm a builder. Right. You know. I don't know that he is the best X's and O's coach out there, but he builds a coaching staff that is right. Yeah, he puts the
0: right guys around him. Mm -hmm. So
2: I I mean, but I find it interesting that he decided to bring his his college defensive coordinator Mm -hmm. up with him. Mm -hmm. I I know a lot of times that doesn't equate to a lot of success. These college guys coming to the NFL sure does. It'll be interesting to see how how that goes. Uh, Is he being too loyal to to some of the guys he had with him, Mm -hmm. or or does he really think these are the right guys? And and maybe it does work out. I just thought that was interesting how he, mm-hmm. he kind of poached away a lot of the guys that he had in Michigan <laughs> with him and leaving them with nothing, kind of in the lurch <laughs> with not right. much left.
0: Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. at the same time, though, I mean, I it, <laughs> he is somewhat stuck in his ways, but mm-hmm. I will give it to him. Obviously, Michigan winning the national championship this year and in the past couple seasons. It yeah. it, it, it's because he finally, you know, somewhat was – they forced his hand to make the changes, but he went through it, made the changes – hired you know some guys that you know he wasn't necessarily loyal to or you know some younger fresh air breath you know that that yeah. you know were good good for the team you know i i hope he has that same similar kind of mm-hmm. approach here in the nfl to where if it ain't working right. we gotta we gotta try something else we gotta try something new and and, and mix it up a little bit mm-hmm. um because yeah in, in today's nfl world it seems like nfl coaches have a very short leash anymore mm-hmm. so it's it's Gonna be interesting to see how his second stint in the NFL goes here, um, from from you know when he was in San Francisco. Uh, but yeah, definitely not short of talent on that yeah. Los Angeles Chargers team. Mm-hmm. So he definitely walks into a, a good situation. Um, the only thing that will be interesting to see how he navigates the uh, as, as it stands today. The Chargers are currently almost thirty million dollars over the salary cap. So. They'll they have the
1: fifth pick in the draft, right? Which, right. You know, like I said, they need help on the. They need a cornerback and mm-hmm. they need some help on the defensive line. I yeah. will say, out of these eight hires that
2: we had this cycle, he makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. I, 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 think I had there's, him. There's a good I season. had him at
1: number two, okay. actually. Yeah, I had him at number two. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's take a real quick commercial break. Um. We'll come back and uh. We'll get back and we got some more coaches to run through. Don't leave us. We'll be right back.
0: This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code Podcast Twenty One for your first thirty days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out.
1: All right, we're back. Thanks for sticking around. Moving on now to the uh, New England. Coming back from the West Coast to the East Coast, going to the New England Patriots, who you know hired thirty-seven-year-old Jared Mayo. Um, was an inside linebackers coach, mm-hmm. um, and then directly to to me, this is the biggest head-scratcher, yes, I think, agreed. in the yeah. – uh, and I wish him all the best. I hope this experiment works out for him. But, right, right, You know, they, they they obviously are in a bad situation talent-wise. You know, they, they finished 4-13. They need a quarterback. Um, they need a receiver. They need some help on the offensive line. Um, and they got the third pick overall, and as my, from what I was reading, they, they would really like to have Caleb Williams. Mm. Um, but if he goes to the Commanders, then they they looked at Jade Daniels and Drake May. Mm-hmm. But if they and they could go a different route, mm-hmm. um, if if the Bears wind up taking one, you know, if Caleb Williams is gone and Daniels is gone. They may pass on quarterback, take Marvin Harrison Jr. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: And then, because they have a second pick at 34, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe take your chances mm-hmm. with maybe a second tier like J.J. McCarthy or a Bo Nix or a Spencer Rattler mm-hmm. um, yeah. at pick 34. So, yeah. you know, it, I think a lot of, you know, this guy's future success is going to be, you know, how they do in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. I really do. And, Man, he's got he's got a tough road ahead he's of him. Got, I got think. big
0: big shoes to fill. Well, that's well, for yeah, sure. And, and um, then there's that, right? So. Right. I mean, obviously taking over for, I mean,
1: all one of th- one of the best
0: coaches maybe of all time. You know, not only the best coach in Patriots history, but maybe one of the best coaches in NFL history. Um, you know, stepping stepping in after you know uh, Belichick's been in 24 seasons mm. at the helm for mm. for the Patriots. You know, winning winning six Super Bowls. And, and Mayo, a part of one of those Super Bowls right. while with the Patriots, mm-hmm. you know, played in the NFL for uh, about nine seasons. Spent his whole entire career with the Patriots. Um, was actually working as uh, just a normal nine to five job before he got the call to be the linebackers coach for um, for the Patriots and you know here he is now the, the head coach right. of, of New England so yeah. wow. it, it it's you know a young guy obviously 37 years old Um, you know again officially
2: a, the second youngest coach right. in the NFL he, for about a couple hours he was actually the youngest <laughs> yes, coach in the NFL yes, yes. then another hire was made and right. pushed him down the spot yeah
0: so definitely a shift from you know old regime mm-hmm. you know old, one of the oldest coaches in the league to mm-hmm. one of the youngest coaches right. in the league so it it definitely is a is a big a big swing um, but yeah, I think he definitely has his hands full. Uh, you know, being a guy that's you know more defensive minded, this Patriots team that you know there's no you know way to say it, but their offense is horrible. Right. Um, I don't know that that spells good things for for you know for Mayo at this point. I, I think he really has to find the right offensive coordinator to bring in to get this team he's gonna need some help but, but i i think they need so much help on the right, offensive they, side of the ball I, I i don't see this being a success right. in year one
2: well you know what makes this the biggest head scratcher to me is i mean like you said he was just an inside linebacker coach he was there for four years how many patriots coaches have moved on in the, that yeah, time right. and he never moved up right right but right. now he's your head coach <laughs> yeah and you, they, they talk about well we're keeping the patriot way and right, all that right. alive, but then. You had Mike Vrabel available That's, out yeah, there. Yeah, How honest. do you pass that up uh, right, right. for, for for Jared yeah, Mayo? Right. I, I, and I, the Patriot way is winning. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's right. hands face down. It. Yeah, hands yeah. down. Yeah, yeah. So, I, but you know, may, maybe the Patriots did get it right in being time to move on from Belichick. Oh yeah. You look at these eight openings, and none of them hired him. Right. Yeah. So, right. yeah I mean,
1: it, or Vrabel for yeah, that matter. Right. right. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know what what right. the, what, the, what knock the knock is on those two guys. I don't I think probably in my mind, Belichick wants ultimate control. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure. And I don't know how
0: many more seasons he's got. I mean, right. Again, and I'm not, just not he sure. said maybe
1: three or four. I mean, right. Continue. Yeah. And I'm just right. not sure if anybody's willing to give a coach at this point that much control. Right. Right. Um, and so. I think
0: if, if Belichick truly was the three to four seasons yeah. outside of, you know, maybe the Raiders, Chargers, Seahawks, yeah. the
2: other almost side all side these
0: are, other teams is probably at least three years are, away or, right. you know, from... Potentially competing well, for Super Bowl progress, or you know progress, right? deep playoff right. runs, it, you know by by the time Belichick gets something established, he may mm-hmm. be ready to retire. So mm-hmm. it, it just yeah mm-hmm. it makes sense probably that way. I think it was the right time for the Patriots to move on from mm-hmm. from, from Belichick at this point. I, I don't know that necessarily. Yeah, Gerard Mayo was was the guy to to go to in this instance, but you know you know stranger things have have happened. I mean we we you know had Houston's coach. You know again no prior head coaching experience was a linebacker for houston for a long time you know a beloved player in houston and look at the season that that he had with houston so anything in today's you know in competitive football professional football anything anything is possible but i think it starts on the offensive side of the ball figuring out what they're going to do especially with having such a high draft pick do they stick with the qb that they have that they drafted in mac jones Mm -hmm. do they decide to you know it's it's enough they've seen enough I think let's go let's get a QB whether it's a veteran guy they use that three that third pick to get a a QB or they get a weapon Weapon. to help help you know on that offensive side of the ball that's to me gonna be what makes or breaks Mm -hmm. Mayo's you know kind of first couple seasons in New England. All right, very good. Um, Seattle
1: Seahawks hired 36-year-old Mike McDonald. Mm-hmm. To me, this was the best hire. Okay. okay. This was my number one All right. Um, right here. You know, he spent two seasons with the Ravens as a defensive coordinator. He's connected to both the hardballs He yep. was in D.C., you know, in Ann Arbor for one season as well. I think, to me, this was, this was the right move for the Seahawks. Um, the big question, you know, and I don't know how they remedy this because they don't have a pick until – this number 16 but is Gino the guy yeah is gonna be,
0: gonna be my
1: um you know major is, top is priority what, is this the direction they want to go yeah. or i think there'll still be some quality quarterbacks available at mm-hmm. 16 or do they go out and get a veteran right. you know from somewhere else but right. i think that's going to be that that could make or break you know this this uh First coaching, head coaching experience for Mike McDonald, McDonald is how they how this quarterback situation works out for Seattle.
0: Yeah, and I think not only, you know, from a production standpoint, but also from a money standpoint. So Geno Smith is due, fully guaranteed, almost $13 million if he's still on the roster by February 16th. So that's almost two, a week, two weeks away now mm-hmm. that they have to I – mean, he gets hired, you know, a day, a couple of days ago, and he's already got to make a big decision here personnel-wise whether we're keeping Geno on the on the roster because mm-hmm. if they do, you're pretty much saying we're, you know, sticking with Geno because right. a $13 million quarterback is tough to just but let But if you sit. don't, then
2: are you going with Drew Locke or are you, or are you trying going, to dry, try trade to up, trade and, up and, yeah. and, you know, get a quarterback? Get a quarterback draft, or?
0: or are you going veteran? Yeah route again, you know, and, and trying to find, you know, one of those veteran QBs that are out there. I think if you're going the veteran
2: route, you, you stick with Gino. Cause yeah. you know what you got, right. You and, know, what you're you get. you know, he's, he's serviceable. Right, he's right. got chemistry with the receivers. Yeah, yeah. So I think if that's your route, yeah. You keep them, but unless you're planning on trading up, trying to draft something else, no. I think that's mm-hmm. the only way you move on from Geno. But, mm-hmm. but I agree. I think this this is a good hire here. Yeah. I, I like that he's worked his way up through the system. His mm-hmm. mean, defensive coordinator did a great job there. His mm-hmm. defense held teams last year to 16 and a half points a game. His defense had 58 sacks, 18 interceptions. So, I mean, a really good defensive coach. I think he earned his way to this top spot, and yeah. he's ready to take it.
0: Yeah, and I think he's had – from a defensive mind, he's probably one of the the best in the game from a defensive standpoint, has mm-hmm. had a lot of success or worked with a lot of great defensive, you know, coaches in his in his coaching career, even in minor roles. I mean, he started, he's an alma mater from the University of Georgia, worked for the University of Georgia for several years on their coaching staff. Obviously, we know what Georgia's defense has done the last you know couple right. of years. He hasn't obviously been on the staff the last couple of seasons, but Georgia has, you know, been a decent defensive-minded team you know, the last you know several decades. Um, so you know, has the pedigree there, works for the Ravens for his first stint. Obviously, the Ravens defense, you know, has been has been pretty solid the last you know five, 10 years as well. Goes to Michigan, has, you know, success as a defensive coordinator for them. Goes back to the Ravens and has had you know a lot of success as the right. defensive coordinator. You know, being the head defensive guy for an NFL team. Right. right. Um, again, key thing: find somebody offensive-minded to, to, to complement that. That can you know help you out on on the offense right. because at this point, yeah, as the head coach, you got to know it. You got to somewhat know it all or be in control of it all. But to be successful, you got to put guys right. that. You, you know, if, if I'm not an offensive guy, I got to get somebody that sure as heck knows the mm-hmm. offense or knows offense very well because I'm not going to be able to contribute in that, right. in that specific category. So, so talking about putting guys in the
2: right position, is it going to be beneficial to him mm-hmm. that Pete Carroll's still on staff and yeah. still in-house? Is that is that going to be good or bad? Yeah, yeah I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, that's, that's
0: kind of
1: an odd situation, I think. Yeah, you know? well,
0: because at the same time, they haven't even, like, named – what that role right. is even going to be. It's like, it's a very odd, yeah, very odd thing. It's like, we don't want you to be the head coach. We don't want you to leave. Right. We but we don't know leave. what we're going to actually right. let you do.
1: <laughs> so
0: it's like, yeah, I, I don't know. It's going to be, it, could it be somebody strange. Somebody
2: starts handcuffing the new coach. Right, you know?
0: right. Yeah, depending on what the role right. becomes. Uh, because mm-hmm. it seemed, it was kind of a rocky situation of, because it seemed like, you know, Pete Carroll wasn't ready to leave, right. but the Seahawks were ready to move on.
2: But they weren't ready to fire but him. But they weren't ready <laughs> to
0: fire him, but they were just gonna kind of let him go off into the sunset. But yeah. we'll still keep you on. So it's it's like a yeah, very they're they're playing both sides of the fence, and I, I think it's yeah, gonna it never work never gonna work in that, in that case. Um I guess, yeah, if they do keep him on the staff or, you know, in some capacity, I hope it's not something that, yeah, allows him, you know, a lot of control over. Team decisions or you know things like that because why would you? I, I, I just think it's going to yeah, be yeah. A, a muddled mess if yeah. that's the if that's mm-hmm. the case. Um, I, I think Pete Carroll, if in some capacity, could help in the offensive category because you know Pete Carroll is more of kind of an offensive minded minded guy. I think that he could help in that you know in that particular um, facet of the game. But I ultimately don't want him being the Decision maker right. when it does come it's to the need, office, or the players but are going to be like, "Who's my co- are, right? Are yeah, my coach yeah. Who you- am I listening yeah. to here? You know, right. at the, at the end of the day." So yeah, I think it 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 could be something that's good to help kind of mentor this new coach. Obviously, right. he's the youngest head coach in the NFL currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it is you know maybe he can be some kind of a mentor or some kind of mentorship type role to help right. you know kind of you know bring him up to speed or whatever. But yeah, at the end of the day, I, I want there to be you know a clear, clear divide you know that I'm the head coach, you're just mm-hmm. here to help me or right. you know whatever kind of thing. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how the Seahawks you know decide to 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 do that. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is a good a good hire mm-hmm. all around by by the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. All right, now the
1: Tennessee Titans will go uh you know Midwest here hired Brian Brian Callahan after you know letting Mike Vrabel go who had you know a winning record he was 56 and 48 mm-hmm. and all these other guys that we've talked about you know i think maybe they got to realize that all these teams kind of have Mike Vrabel in their back pocket right. you don't perform we got a proven <laughs> coach mm-hmm. out here but you know this guy uh, Callahan comes from Cincinnati was their offensive coordinator you know and and you know
2: when offensively. when they've
1: been healthy right. the Bengals have been one of the best
0: teams, offensive teams offensively
1: complete. you know in the last several years so, and he was an assistant in Denver when they won the Super Bowl, won Super Bowl 50, so, um, you know, he's got some experience, I think the big thing for them is they got to get some help on the offensive line, Uh, Will Levis, I think, has shown some promise, but, Go as a stretch of eight games where he got sacked 27 times in eight games. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You're not going to – You can't keep a guy you know, healthy so, that long. Yeah, so
1: they have the well, seven – Callahan's showing he
2: can't coach an offensive line either. <laughs> right, right. That was Joe Burrow's problem. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, absolutely.
1: But, uh, you know, they have the seventh pick in the draft. So, you know, what what offensive line or, you know, help us out there in the draft or mm-hmm. through, um, through know, free, free agency, agency yeah. trades, or whatever. But I think that's going to be the key – and really what he needs to be focused on.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I think I somewhat agree, but I think I think at the same time it's, it's you know, they spent the second round, early second round pick on Will Levis, mm. you know, hoping that he was going to be the next franchise QB. I think the key is transforming him into that yeah, franchise right. QB. I mean, he – Hard to do when he's laying on his back. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Uh, you know, went, went three and six once he finally got the starting job, right. went, went three and six as a, as a rookie. Um, you know, Callahan has obviously worked with some good QBs in his in his career, um, you know, started out with the Denver Broncos, um, you know, worked with Peyton Manning towards the you know tail end of Peyton Manning's career, uh, spent two seasons in Detroit working with Matthew Stafford um, and then spent one season uh, as the QBs coach for the Raiders uh, working with Derek Carr as well. So has worked with some, you know, some good QBs that can really, you know, sling the pigskin. So, you know, the pedigree is there. The you know the, the key will be can he turn you know turn Will Levis into you know a franchise QB right. that we're used to seeing, but I, I think at the same time this Tennessee team they have to get better on the offensive side, offensive line, wide receiver is a is a thing for they got nobody to throw the ball to. I mean uh-huh. it, nobody to block, and if there's no, if nobody's open, you're gonna take a sack. You'd rather take a sack than you know throw, throw a pick play. or you know turn the ball over. Right. Um, but yeah, they. To me, Tennessee's downfall was trading away AJ Brown. I know that was several years yeah. back, but that, to me, will be a trade that will haunt them for yeah. years. Um,
2: and that's definitely not on variable. Right, right, choice. Right. Um,
0: and so, like you said, seventh pick in the in the draft. You know, maybe they go offensive line, maybe they go wide receiver, but they also do have the third most salary cap space. You know, as it stands today, they they have the third most cap salary cap space. So
1: they do have some money. Veteran. They
0: do have some money to go out and spend it too to to get some veteran guys as well. So I, I think that they yeah need some help on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and I, I think yeah, O line or wide receiver is, is yeah. the way
2: to go so we said new england was the biggest head scratcher i think this is a close second mm-hmm. though I, i'm not sold on brian callahan mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. his first year in cincinnati his team right. won two games that's mm-hmm. what led to them being able to get joe burrow with yeah. the first pick right then joe burrow's first season there they only win four games mm-hmm. and so is the success joe burrow jamar chase right. or is the success something brian callahan brought on because mm-hmm. even this year then once joe burrow got hurt right again, they started losing mm-hmm. and not, they didn't make the playoffs. Right. So I'm, not, I'm not so certain that mm-hmm. the, the success in Cincinnati has been because of Brian Callahan mm-hmm. and his mm-hmm. great offensive prowess. I right. think it has more to do with Burrow and Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just I, – to replace a guy like Mike and maybe it's the Buckeye and me just loving the guy. But, right. I mean, the, the guy has done nothing wrong in his mm-hmm. time in, in Tennessee. He had his team fighting for a shot to go to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. you know, conference championships in line and stuff like that. He he was right there at the top of the league almost every season mm-hmm. in the thick of things. What more can you ask, especially on a team that's never even had a franchise quarterback? Yeah. I mean, Tannehill's yeah just been average, a game an average guy. He's a game manager. He mm-hmm. you know, if, if they could have ever found a franchise quarterback to pair with some of that the rest of that, this could have been a Super Bowl mm-hmm.
0: team. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I, I think Vrabel got everything out of this team he could get. Yeah. That's, Was just a head scratcher getting a lot to
0: work with. Right. Yeah. I I think. I think ultimately at the end of the day, it was. I I mean, from what I was reading or whatever. I mean, it seemed like the Titans were almost ready to move on from Vrabel last season, um, because there was some discrepancy or you know some kind of clashing between him and the GM. Right. Well, the Titans ultimately decided to boot the GM and you know said, okay, Vrabel, you you know we got rid of the guy that you were claiming was you know causing you all the headaches. Let's start winning some games. They didn't win. He already they, got rid of my best player. Though. Right, right. They didn't, they didn't win games <laughs> and, you know, so it was like, okay, it, something's got to, you know, something's got to give here. But, yeah, I, I agree. You know, I, I'm honestly shocked that, yeah, Brable didn't find another head coaching yeah, spot, right. you know, I somewhere. Um, you know, I, I, you know, basically penciled him in yeah. as the next Patriots head coach pretty much, you know, after right. that, after they decided seemed to, like yeah, yeah. It yeah. seemed like a give. Yeah, it seemed like, you know, a match it's made in heaven obvious. at this at this point, but, you know, they decided not to, but he won't be out of the game for long. Well, um, it sounds like
2: he might be haunting all of us this year in right. the Big Ten, right. joining Luke Fickle there down in Wisconsin. <laughs> right,
0: right. But I think he'll make his way somewhere. Yeah. I I, 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 think it's definitely – I think he's he prefers the NFL. I mean, it seems like he prefers yeah. the NFL. I think he'll – you know, next year when we're talking about the eight next head coaches that are right. fired, I think he'll be – he'll definitely be in the mix. Right. And, and I think he'll land another job, you know, somewhere. And, and, you it's know, not beat,
1: before the end of this. Season, right, right. Yeah,
0: exactly. So um, but yeah, we'll see what the Titans can do, obviously, in somewhat of a a weaker division, kind of an up in the up in the air. I mean, Houston's getting better or they did get better. I mean, beat expectations. The Jaguars are, you know, somewhat decent. The Colts, whatever. So I think the Titans can win this division. The, right. the, the division is there. Um, it's just finding, you know, the pieces on offense to, to make it work.
1: <clears throat> All right. Very good. All right, last one on the list. To me, this is kind of a, another head-scratcher. Mm-hmm. The Commanders went out and got Dan Quinn. Um, you know, they, they lured him away from his defensive coordinator job in Dallas. Uh, you know, he, he was head coach in Atlanta for 90 games and was right at 500. Um, unfortunately for him. Probably his most memorable game is right. giving up a twenty-eight to three lead to New England in the Super Bowl. Yeah, so that um, forever you know, haunt. They need bad. help everywhere. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I think they got to go out and get a quarterback: Sam Howell, Joby, Jacoby Brissett, Jake Fromm. None of those are the answer. That's the three quarterbacks on staff mm-hmm. right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, and they do have that second pick. So if the Bears stick with Justin Field, then you know that leaves Washington with the pick of the litter of this great Q B class. So mm-hmm. they can go out and get their guy, I think. Well he,
2: he hired his offensive coordinator and that he had just got done coaching mm-hmm. the top quarterback in the draft. Right, so right, we right. got a pretty good indication pretty of good where idea. Washington's gonna well, go. Where we're going with that pick,
1: so, right. right. Yeah. So you know, we'll see. I think but I don't you know, that's not the only question mark in Washington. Mm. The QB is not the only problem. They well, right. they're it goes way deeper than that.
2: Yeah, this was a shocking move for for Quinn. For me, being a defensive guy, and then he goes to Washington, who just bastardized their entire defense this offseason, <laughs> trading away their best players yeah. for virtually nothing. Yeah, was... I, I, I mean, they, they've got nothing in the cupboard on the defense, mm-hmm. and that that's what this guy is known for. Right? How does yeah. he expect to have success and, and build this team when right. he doesn't have what he's best at working with? Right.
0: Right. Yeah. To me, it's it's yeah, it's a head scratch because. Ron Rivera, who's also known as a defensive-minded guy, mm-hmm. you just got rid of. Right. You bring in another defensive-minded yeah. guy, and the problem hasn't been your defense. I mean, it right. obviously has when you trade away your best players, but it historically, when, even when Ron Rivera was there, their defense was not horrible. Right. It's, always, not, it's yeah. always been their offense and, and yeah. not being able to find a QB. Uh-huh. So Consistency at the quarterback. Why do maybe. you hire two defensive-minded guys right. right out of the gate uh, to to try to fix a team that needs an offense. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, they he's set up in a right, the right situation in the sense that they do have the number two pick. They do have five picks in the top 100 of mm-hmm. this year's draft. So they, they have a lot of picks, a lot of early on picks to get some of that top-level talent in mm-hmm. the draft. But on top of that, they got, as it stands now, $70 million in cap space, and depending on how – the personnel moves that they make here in the next coming weeks, they could have an additional fifteen million. So they got eighty-five million dollars yeah. in cap space plus five picks in the top one hundred in mm-hmm. this year's draft. So he's set up in the right situation to get get an influx of talent yeah. pretty quickly for you know a first year head coach. But yet yeah, to me, it's just a, a strange hire by the command. I don't. I think Dan Quinn is a, is a good a good guy. You know, a guy that is very great on the defensive side right. for sure yep. probably one of the best defensive coordinators in, in the NFL but to me yeah why did the commanders go for a defensive guy right when the problem has not been the defense it's your offense has been inept right. um so just yeah a very strange situation and to me it's it's very strange because the other guys that they interviewed three out of the four were defensive minded guys <laughs> so it's like they were pretty much set on right. hiring a defensive guy no matter who they hired the only one that that wasn't was uh, Houston Texans offensive coordinator um, Bobby Slowick was the only candidate outside you know outside of the other ones that was an offensive guy right. so it's like they were they were dead set on being a defense no matter who they hired okay. so they, they 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 think having a great defense is the is the answer I guess to this but uh, yeah we'll see I mean there are a lot of question marks in Washington outside of head coach and and the personnel on the field. They finally have new ownership, all that stuff. So I think all the behind the scenes stuff is finally no more, you know, stuff to worry about off the field type stuff. They finally have ownership that I think a decent working environment, a decent, you know, ownership, decent leading group there. So that they won't have to deal with that drama anymore. Um, but we'll see how it translates to success on the, you know, on the field. And 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 Dan Quinn definitely got his hands full in Washington uh, there with the, with the Commanders in a in a division that's you know pretty pretty stout.
1: <clears throat> All right. Well, there's a big game this weekend, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Yeah, we, we're finally going to get to that. Um, you know, you got. 14 and 5 San Francisco going up against 14 and 6 Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh the extra win there because San Francisco got that first week, you know, to stay home. Mm-hmm. Um you know, they the, the the big talk is, you know, oh Jacoby, or I mean, uh Purdy is he's a uh, he's a manager. Mm-hmm. He's not a but they say no guy If you can look win at the his numbers, his numbers were better than Patrick Mahomes this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a higher completion percentage, more yards. A better touchdown to uh, interception. interception ratio, so you know, and their offense ranked second overall, mm-hmm. as compared to Kansas City's ranked ninth overall. I mean, really, to me, so far in the playoffs, Brock Purdy has not played his best football. Mm-mm. I think I think there's still some room. You know, he, there's other games, you know, obviously you're you're playing against better, you know, quote, better competition in the playoffs, the elite teams. But there's, you know, I've seen him play better games than what he has so far. Right. So, so he's um, a
0: sleeping giant just waiting to, 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 to you know, finally show. And, it, and it's show. strange.
1: Like I said, their offense was second overall. Their defense was ninth. Mm-hmm. Kansas City's the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Offense was ninth. Mm-hmm. And the big change that we see in Kansas City is their defense was ranked second? Mm-hmm. We're not, you know, we're used to seeing, you know, Kansas City going they out, scoring, 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 scoring. scoring yep. And, yep. and, and you know, they haven't had to do that this year because that defense has played so well. Yeah,
0: yeah absolutely. Um, you know, and, but Vegas, Vegas having a tough time deciding which, you know, which team they like. The 49ers currently a point and a half favorite mm-hmm. at, at the moment in this, in this Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Vegas is having a tough time and the two teams are going to be playing right there in their backyard right. um, you know at, at Allegiant Stadium home of the Las Vegas Raiders um, you know taking on you know like you said the 49ers and Chiefs uh, a rematch of you know Super Bowl's past mm-hmm. um, you know just a handful of years you know handful of years ago uh, these two teams you know faced off in the Super Bowl and Chiefs ultimately you know got the last laugh there and beat the beat the 49ers 31 to 20 in that in that game yeah
1: they uh, three fourth quarter TDs, you mm-hmm. know, after being down by ten points and right yeah, in a in a but,
0: similar, you know, it, it maybe a very similar storyline because at the time, you know, Jimmy G was the quarterback for the 49ers and everybody the same the same thing was said about Jimmy G. Game he's yeah. not, you know, he's not a guy that wins the <laughs> Super Bowl. He's just a guy that can go out there and you know, do enough to to just manage the game. Right. We'll we'll see if you know the difference is is Brock Purdy in this one. Um, you know, I, I think. The defense for the 49ers has to has to play a lot better than mm-hmm. they have so far through the playoffs. Um, but, I have
1: that as one of my keys for a San Francisco <clears throat> uh, victory. Yeah. Bosa needs to have a big game. Yep. Um, they need to contain Patrick Mahomes. But they're capable of doing that. You look at what they did to the Eagles in week 13 and, mm-hmm. you know, kept Jalen Hurts, you know, and, and really dominated. Yep. I mean, we know that the Eagles had their struggles at mm-hmm. the end of the season. But – this defense is capable. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. The talent. Matt,
1: you want to jump in here? Yeah, yeah,
2: I mean, so looking at these two teams, they're, they're, they're very similar. The 49ers have averaged 29 points per game, 398 yards uh, yards per game, 258 passing, 141 rushing. Defense has given up 17 and a half per game. They've got 48 sacks and 22 interceptions on the season. You got Kansas City, though, not far behind on the offense. They're, they're putting up 22 points a game. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 351 total yards per game, 246 pass, and 105 rushing. Yeah. So they're both fairly balanced. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kansas City's defense, though, is only given up 17, so you got that half-point advantage there. Okay. Right. Um, they've got 57 sacks on the season, though, and eight interceptions. Mm-hmm. I think this game comes down to, to, to the defenses, and it comes down to Patrick Mahomes' ability to, to, scramble. to scramble and keep plays alive. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And, He's and, the master And, and at that's, that.
2: that's what's going to make the difference here, mm-hmm. I, I think brock purdy with uh, kansas city's propensity to get sacks mm-hmm. 57 on the season yeah, yeah. I, I think a, a few sacks is gonna kind of throw purdy for a loop he, okay. he doesn't get hit a lot and yeah I, I think that could really throw him off his game if they're able to get yeah. to him i i just kansas city doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, yeah. They're just they. They proved it time and time again. It, it, bet bet, bet it, against it, them at your own yeah, will. it's it it this this tough for that's me to pick thing. against them. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, and I agree with you, Matt. You know, like I said, I think the keys to victory. I already said that. You know, Bosa needs to have a good game, and they need to contain Mahomes. But I think protecting Brock Purdy is also. Mm-hmm going to be key issue for, for San Francisco on the flip side for Kansas city. I think they need to run the ball effectively. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and there's some question about how healthy Pacheco's ankle is. Mm -hmm. He's practiced this week, but it's been kind of limited because I think that, that running the ball, then that sets up that play action Mm -hmm. for for Kansas city Mm -hmm. and their Mm -hmm. offense. And I think another key for Kansas city is don't, I don't think you can count on being able to come back. Right. They ha- they're not that explosive mm-hmm. offensive team like they have been I, yeah. in the past. So they need to avoid that slow start. Then yeah. um, I'll I'll hold my pick for the end. But-
0: yeah. Yeah. No, I think it, to me, this Chiefs offense is still capable of moving the mm-hmm. ball. I think the difference from what we've seen in the past is that in, in years past when they've moved the ball, they've turned those point, you know, turned those drives into touchdowns. What we've seen this year is, they've had a lot of success of moving the ball, but it either turns into a field goal or, you know, they they get stalled in the red zone or, you know, get past just past midfield and then they stall. So they definitely have, you know, the ability to still move the ball. It's whether they can they convert those drives into, you know, touchdowns into, you know, meaningful points at this point. Um, You know, the key for both these teams, as far as points go, is is 21 points. Mm -hmm. 49ers, zero wins. they've scored less than 21 points no Hmm. wins this season all five of their losses they scored less than 21 points Hmm. same thing can be said for the chiefs the chiefs are 10 and 0 including the playoffs when they score 21 or more points they have in the regular season they had zero wins when they scored less than 21 points Hmm. so to me Three touchdowns is, is the key is for both right. of these teams. Yeah,
1: and like we And, we,
0: said, we, and with those defenses only allowing yeah. 17 points, right, right. It, like it's going to be. We've
1: been used to seeing this Kansas City offense go out and score 31, 30, 40 points. a game, yeah. And yeah, I'm just not sure that that offense is really built for that this yeah. year. So, give me your
0: picks. I mean, uh, another key I think for me is Christian McCaffrey in the run game mm. versus this Kansas City defense. In the playoffs, Kansas City has been better against the run. But, you know, you tend to look at the season as as a body. They were almost dead last in, in rushing right. yards allowed in, in the regular yeah. season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The the key is McCaffrey gets over 75 yards rushing. The 49ers are 12-1, and one, which almost seems like a given. You know, wake up. He's got 70. You know, get out of bed and put his helmet on. He's got 75. He's an automatic 75 75 yards. yards. The Chiefs, on the other hand, when they allow 110 rushing yards or less, they're 7-0 on the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic, because I think if the Chiefs can force Purdy to be the guy that beats them, it could spell bad things for the 49ers offense. Um, And, and, you know, on the flip side, I think if the 49ers – they The Chiefs don't have the running game there, especially if Pacheco is banged up. Mm-hmm. The running game is not there. So the, it, it relies solely on Patrick Mahomes. I think if you can somewhat contain Travis Kelsey, I, I think he's still going to get his and touches. It up he's, it, it, it's easier said than done. But if you can limit him to not have as big of an impact, mm-hmm. make those other guys beat you in the passing and game. And we
1: talked about that last week, yeah. you know, when we were talking about the playoff game. Yeah. To me, Kelsey has taken it to a oh, different yeah. level yeah, so far in the playoffs. Yep. And so has Mahomes. Yeah. And in, in their playoff game so far, he's got five hundred and twenty eight yards, mm-hmm. five TDs, and zero picks yeah. so far in the yeah. playoffs. So
0: But ultimately I have done it all I've done it all all playoffs I picked against the Chiefs. Pretty <laughs> much other than their first round game. Like, right. you know, I picked I picked them to win that one. But ever since then, I you know picked against the Chiefs. And, and lost. Money. And have lost. <laughs> I'm going to continue the trend. I, I'm going with the 49ers, but I think this is going to be a back and forth, yeah. you know, kind mm-hmm. of a 49ers going to punch the Kansas city chiefs in the mouth. The chief's going to answer right back. It's going right. to be, you know, I, I think it's going to be a back and forth kind of boxing match. If you will, I just think the 49ers going to come out with a, a close squeak it out kind of win, grind it out right. because of the ability to run, to run the ball.
1: I, I, mimic everything you said i got the 49ers i think purdy's going to step up and have that good game that he needs to have and i'm again it's going to be a close one somewhat low scoring i'm thinking like 24 21 something like that um you know so but again i'm taking the 49ers yeah well i guess i'm going to be the only (laughs) different one
2: here just because you know like i said i i I can't pick against patrick mahomes he's shown it time and time again I don't necessarily love the guy, but <laughs> right? They right. Find a way know. to win, right? I like, yeah. but, but you know, player. I guess a lot of people hate Mahomes like they hated Brady. Right. If right. he was your guy, right. you love him. Right. If he right, wasn't yeah. your guy, yeah. you hated yeah. him. Right.
1: So yeah. you know, it's, especially it's, if it was your team the, playing
2: against, them. <laughs> the curse of being a winner. And I, yeah. I think that extra experience—they've mm. been how many Super Bowls oh, now? Yeah, they've been yeah, there, done that. They're not going to get flustered. They're not going to get thrown off their game. Yeah. Where I think that's where. Purdy could have his downfall.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think
2: a, a little bit of extra moment. pressure on right. him could be enough to crumble him. Point mm-hmm. right. yeah. well made. made yeah. the
1: the city. We'll see. It's, I'm looking forward. Hopefully it'll be a competitive An exciting game. game. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, that's all we got for you this week. We appreciate you listening.
0: Uh, yeah, so thanks for listening to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cow.
1: Chief Rob Cow.
0: Matt Cordes. We uh, hope you enjoyed our episode this week. And, you know, if you want to hear other topics for future episodes or, you know, you just got a burning sports question you want to hear us talk about on the show, Uh, do feel free to reach out to us on our uh, different social media platforms. Uh, We do have an Instagram uh, where you can find us at FiredUp underscore podcast, or you can find us over on Facebook if you search for FiredUp, Sports Podcast. And as always, you can head over to our website at www.firedup1.podbean.com where you can find all of our past episodes and, you know, just a little bit of information about the show. Um, And you can find this episode and all of our past episodes on pretty much any podcast platform you can think of. Apple, Google, Spotify, Pandora. So all the big players, you can can find our show. So appreciate y'all listening. And as always, stay Stay fired fired up. up.